Okay, this one I'm obsessed with. Kohler Smart Toilets. They combine sculptural design with intuitive technology to deliver the best toilet ever. You can personalize every element from the integrated warm water cleansing to the heated seat and warm air dryer. Their touchless lid, seat, and flush deliver total convenience. And get this, you can create your ideal environment using only your voice with Numi 2.0, Kohler's most advanced smart toilet yet. Explore the complete lineup at Kohler.com slash smart toilets and discover what you've been missing. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cash back on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cash back isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cash back. And there are no fees, period. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. You know, when you are a part of something that can educate, that changes the way other people see Black people or the Mm. Black experience, just by telling an honest story. Mm. In my opinion, that is what art is for. Somebody got to cue me or do I cue myself? Cue yourself. Okay. Hey, everybody, guess what? We're back with another episode of Let's Talk Off Camera. (laughs) Yeah. So let's get talking and get your fingers moving by giving us a rating on Apple Podcasts. Five stars is mandatory, and I do mean mandatory. (laughs) And don't forget to go to the Ask Kelly tab on my Instagram to ask any questions you may have so I may respond to them on the show. Please do not make statements. Statements are not questions. (laughs) Questions have a question mark at the end. We have a new jingle. Oh, yeah. I want to hear it. The new Ask Kelly. Well, we got to see if you approve it. Okay. Let's hear it now. Yeah. It's time for Ask Kelly. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Are we going to answer them now or should we wait till the end? We're going to wait till the end. I think wait till the end. There is. People want to know when Lola's coming on. Uh I know. We talked about Lola and Lola wants to do it. Lola wants to be on uh, Let's Talk Off Camera. As she should be. But she's demanded that we turn the cameras on. (laughs) (laughs) She's only one floor away. I know, one short floor away. (laughs) I breezed by her uh, on my way in here. And I said, oh, because she was on today's show. Yeah. We did, uh, we yeah. Did, uh, <laughs> we did uh, Lola her. making me over in her own image, which yes. was terrifying. <laughs> she I, had you in a really short skirt today. Oh, I mean. And you know, I become <laughs> one of the Edies from Grey Garden. <laughs> I'm like, I can't stand women in short skirts. <laughs> you know, I can't stand it. I loved it. It was great. It was Lola, really fun. Lola got every boob I prayed for as a child. You know, <laughs> I prayed. Really, I, mean, I wow. prayed and prayed for boobs for like twenty years, and then I realized it's never going to happen. Right? I was told. I was told puberty it would happen. I was told when I be, went into my twenties it would happen. I was told when I got pregnant it would happen. I was told after pregnancy it would happen. I was told after menopause it would happen. It has never <laughs> happened ever. But I realized in all my prayer, my daughter was answered. (laughs) So it skips a generation. It definitely does. Okay, she's on. She's on? Oh, she's got a blanket. (laughs) You look so cuddly right now. 
Where are you? I'm I'm in my house. So you're are you in LA? I'm in LA. Yeah. So let me tell you about LA. Okay. <laughs> Remember when you were on the soap? Guiding light. How were you living when you were on the soap? Were you in like a 200 square foot apart Ooh, apartment? Girl, I was in a studio with roaches. Oh, I had a slice of pizza, literally a slice of pizza every day for dinner. Mm-hmm. And I remember my agent saying to me, your first check out of the month should pay all of your expenses. I was struggling by week three. I was, still wasn't paying for everything. It's I d- crazy. I did not have enough money for rent for my 200 square foot studio apartment with a kitchenette that had a hot plate and a shoilet. Do you know what a shoilet is? <laughs> I don't know, but it sounds like- It's a shower toilet. <laughs> so you shower on the toilet. And then I would see the LA soap stars in their homes- with their gates. And I was like, what is going on? <laughs> what is the disparity between our salaries in New York versus LA? I know. I'm happy for you that you escaped when you did. <laughs> I really am. Like, I was well, excited for you. I, I will always and forever be grateful for that experience. Right. I'm going to get to your intro so we can start talking. Okay? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's do it. She's an actress. She's a producer. She's a four-time NAACP award winner. She's known for her iconic roles in films like Boys in the Hood, Friday, Love Jones, and the Best Man franchise, which I believe she should spin that off. Oh, okay. okay. So we'll yeah. talk about that later okay. on. Uh, she's, of course, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, House of Lies, Guiding Light, <laughs> to, name, to name just a couple. Please welcome to the podcast, the gorgeous Nia Long. <laughs> Nia, you really are gorgeous. Like I'm sitting here, I'm, I'm looking at Nia Long, not a stitch <laughs> of makeup on her face, laying in a fluffy blanket, <laughs> reclining. And sh- you look like, because we're the same age, but you look years. I think I'm a little older than you. No, I looked up your birthday. I'm October 2nd. You're October 30th, right? Oh, you really? Okay. No, yeah. I, yeah, I am. I'm three weeks older. And as the elder here, you look 25 years younger than you me do. easily, easily. No, no, yes. stop it. Let me tell you something that I heard Whoopi said. Okay. And I think this is the funniest shit ever. She said, black don't crack, but it sure does spread. that's amazing so like we don't you're not spreading a a little bit no i see no spread these boobs are bigger than they've ever been kelly and these are my post fed two babies menopausal breath okay <laughs> like i'm proud of that okay hang on <laughs> you are you the little bitty itty titty bitty committee we just had a whole discussion about this before you signed on because my daughter apparently you gave birth to my daughter because my daughter has those giant big naturals that i prayed for and this is after i nursed three kids Baby. Yeah, don't be jealous. <laughs> Would you ever get your boobs done? Because I was like, I, my boobs are so firm, but I wonder like five years from now, if they got really saggy, would I ever get a boob job? I talk about getting a boob job so much. It's like 
all I talk about. But then yeah. here's my fear. If I do it, then what do I talk about? <laughs> right. That is it's, a great point. My whole identity is I am this woman who is flat chested and has been made fun of her entire <laughs> life for being flat chested. Right. It's and kind of your brand. You it's my brand. Up. I'm like, can I yeah. fuck up my brand of being <laughs> Come on. Like, I believe Mm -mm. there's probably like three or four other flat-chested women in the world who look up to me. (laughs) (laughs) Who look up to me. (laughs) Okay. So I want to talk about, you just got back from Japan. Yes. Oh, my God. Tell me about Japan. I fantasize about going there. So tell me about it. Okay. First of all, my son had a whole list of things that he wanted to do. Okay. And he wanted to go to Japan because he's a huge anime fan. He's an artist. Oh, he's like wow. really into like Japanese culture. And I don't really know where he got it from because I'm not necessarily teaching that. But I'm okay. like trying to expose my kids to everything. Wait, Wyatt, you, do you, you have a... No, my 25-year-old moved out. We took over his bedroom. But it is literally anime everywhere. There's shelves we can't touch for his collectible. He goes to Anime Con. Yes. And he wants to (laughs) go to Japan. Like, that is his big dream for a family trip. So what did you do? I want to hear every – I feel like you'd be a good tour guide. (laughs) Well, I'm a horrible tour guide because I can't pronounce anything. But (laughs) I know when you pronounce it what you're talking about. So here's what I'll say that I love about Japan and the Japanese culture. Everything is so intentional. There's Mm. no waste. There's no drama. Everyone Mm. is kind. Everyone is of service. Everyone is helpful. They see being of service as a blessing and a form of gratitude for having life. So, so that's the, the, the spiritual feeling when you get to Japan. Amazing. Everyone's just beautiful people. I could live there, actually. Mm. So we went to, um, we started in Tokyo. We did all the, like, the cool shops. We went to a couple of museums. We went to a couple temples. And then we went to, took a train ride to this other area. So we met the Mako Geisha girls. Oh, wow. So there are two types of, geisha girls the mako m-a-i-k-o which are the ones who have gone through the school Uh the training and who they host parties they serve traditional tea they teach you how to serve the traditional tea it's a very feminine beautiful experience because everything is like just done with this this grace and i remember being a young woman watching um Memoirs of a Geisha Girl, and I just fell in love with that book. That book and and that movie, yes. It was beautiful, just beautiful. So to be there was amazing. And I learned that, um, so if you have a glass, a teacup, this was really beautiful for me. Each teacup has a different season. So if it's spring, the designs on the inside of the teacup represent spring. So after you finish doing the tea and making the tea, you turn the art towards the person that you're serving the tea to. And basically what you're saying is, here's all the beauty in this cup that I pulled, especially for you. It's very sweet. Very sweet. We are going. I wanted to cry, actually. Yeah, I bet. It, it, Japan's very expensive. Yeah. But it's it's worth it. 
One of the benefits of being on TV for 800 years is that I've saved some money. <laughs> like one, it's like one of the That's benefits. Right. Yeah, I can afford to fix what's cracked and I can take trips. So... That's, and that's all you care about at this point in your life. At this right? point, that those are my big worries. You know, God forbid anything yeah. else goes wrong. I don't know how I'll handle that. All right. I can't believe that Boys in the Hood was over 30 years ago. And I'm going to tell you a story that you'll you'll like. In 1992, Michael Knight on the set of All My Children got a treadmill for his dressing room, which he never <laughs> used. And he was like hardly ever there. He was back and forth to L.A. all the time. And I said to him, because I was living at that studio practically, I said, would you mind if I used your treadmill, you know, for lunch break? And he's like, sure, go for it. And he had a TV connected to his treadmill and he had two VHS tapes, Boys in the Hood <laughs> and JFK. And I watched oh Boys in the Hood every day for at least three years. It was every day. <laughs> and can you believe, like, what were you, 20 years old? I was about 20 years old. Yeah. Tell me about yep. the process, what the audition was like. You know, you're leaving a soap opera. Were you given like a break from the soap to go shoot that? Tell me about the whole process. So I remember the day was like super duper gray and cloudy and I didn't feel well. And I remember getting a call from my agent saying, hey, there's a script called Boys in the Hood. It's about the experience in South Central Los Angeles. And I'm actually living in South Central Los Angeles at the time. So my response to her was like, really? Who's the white guy trying to tell this black story? I'm mm -hmm. not interested. Because mm -hmm. you got to remember at the time, like there were very few black filmmakers that were telling stories about the black experience. So you had Spike Lee and then that was really sort of kind of it, you know? And so... I remember getting the script and I was like, wow, this is really good. And then you see the name John Singleton and you're like, there's no way this guy's black, but he was black. Yep. So it didn't sound like a black name. Right. So <laughs> I, I go down and I audition and I just remember it was, there was like tons and tons of actors in this one tiny room. And John walks up to me and he looks at me up and down and he leans over his glasses and he's like, what's your name? And I'm like, First of all, I'm from Brooklyn. Right. Second of all, I'm Trinidadian. And third of all, I live in South Central. You don't ask me who I am. Who are you? <laughs> Genius. When he goes, I'm John Singleton, the director. And I'm like, oh, hi. <laughs> so I walk in the room and we do a couple scenes and he asked me about how I grew up. And honestly, I was the character. I grew up in Catholic school. My mom was a single mom. My grandparents paid for my education. They were hardworking um, Islanders who my mother was first generation born in the States. And so there was just this work ethic. And so we didn't have a lot, but what we did have, it was a quality. Mm -hmm. mm. And then we did the film and then it was nominated for an Academy Award. And then I was best friends with John Singleton. And now he's gone. And I think about him like almost every day, like the two people that I really felt the pain of death besides family members were Heavy D mm. and John Singleton, because they were both such culture creators and yeah. the genius minds of those generations. And um, 
you know, there's an, a wonderful exhibit at the Academy Museum that features John Singleton and some of his work. So I encourage everyone to go check that out. I helped to sort of curate it and make sure that there were things there that really represented him just to celebrate him because it, it doesn't even seem real that he's gone, you know? Yeah, it's funny. When you said that, I was like, oh, that's right. We lost John Singleton. Like, I forgot I... that because he culturally looms very large. That's right. It's like Best Director Academy nomination, Best Original Screenplay. He was the youngest person and the first African-American to be nominated for Best Director. Which is crazy. I mean, think about that. It's crazy. But thank God it's so deserving. You know, so, so deserving. And then in 2002, the United States Library of Congress named Boys in the Hood culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant and preserved it for the National Film Registry, that has to make you feel incredibly proud. Oh, God, yes. Because, you know, when you are a part of something that can educate, that changes the way other people see the world, that changes the way that other people see Black people or the Black experience, just by telling an honest story, what it does is it brings us together in a way that creates better understanding. And in my opinion, that is what art is for. We are here to talk about and share stories in a way that it allows us to have a better understanding of humanity. But did you have any understanding when you were 20 years old and you're shooting this movie that it would have this cultural significance and this staying power for decades and decades and decades. I did not. And that's the beauty of the experience. And that's Mm. really been the beauty of my career. Mm. But when I think about all the opportunities early on in my career, I do realize that I was used to be a part of a renaissance that was telling different versions of the Black experience. I'm I'm so grateful for that because I can share all my movies with my kids. Yeah. As learning tools, by the way. Of course. And you know, Octavia Spencer said that she experienced, by the way, I co-hosted with her once and it was still one of my top three favorite moments of my life. Um, She's amazing. She's amazing. She was in Big Mama's house. Like not a small role in Big Mama's house. There's nothing she she can't. She's amazing. Um, But she said she experienced more racism in Los Angeles than in her Alabama hometown. So I'm curious what your experience was like in Los Angeles starting out now. Do you experience a lot of racism in LA? Uh, Not as much as I experienced in Boston. That's like next level. The racism that you experience in Boston as a black person is silent and dangerous. Mm. Walking to the grocery store, you are invisible. Mm. In Los Angeles, here's what I'll say. Los Angeles is a city filled with a lot of people who come here with the idea that being famous is their key to freedom or their key to wealth or their key to not experiencing racism anymore. Right. Right. Materialism, whatever it is that they don't have. And so you just don't know who's genuine Mm. And most people are not even from here. I know very few people that live in L.A. that are actually born here. Right. Right. I think our country in general was built on racism. 
And whenever there's a surge of Black excellence, there's a surge of racism. The pendulum. That's exactly yes, right. right. That's mm-hmm. exactly right. And and the best place for me and my children in the experience of being a Black woman raising two Black boys in this country was New York, because you walk down the street and you see everybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's still assholes in New York, too, but but you know what I'm saying. There's assholes everywhere, but yes, I will say that one of the things that has kept us here is that you have a full immersive experience and everybody is on face value with everybody else. Absolutely. And you don't have to guess. And you know what I also find that I'm struggling with? And I don't know if it's an extension of racism, but this lack of transparency with people these days, it's like this duplicitous way of operating and very passive aggressive. And I don't know if I'm hypersensitive. No, I think what it is, is you're dealing a double dose of it because you're a woman and you're a black woman. So that is what you get. I'm not a black woman, but I am a woman. And I can tell you that there is always this feeling of, yes, I know what you're saying to me right now. I understand what words you're using, but I can't help but feel that as soon as I leave, this meeting is going to continue in a different way behind my back. And so that's not your imagination. It's just you're getting a double dose of it. I can't Mm -hmm. relate to the other part, but I can relate to being a woman in this industry for hundreds of years. And you you see some real shit and you deal with some grade A bullshit. It's so true. And we're dinosaurs, so we know. We are dinosaurs. We have roamed around these parts for a long time. We've seen a lot of people come and a lot of people go. And a lot of people go. Oh, yeah. Yep. So it's, you were talking about your sons. You have uh, yeah. Masai and Kez. Yes. 22 yes. and 11. All of my black girlfriends have talked about the conversations mm-hmm. when their kids are getting their driver's license, when they're in a shopping center, when they're in a hospital giving birth. There are conversations that have to be had that I did not realize had to be had. And uh, it wasn't until I married my husband, who's Latino, that I realized these discussions are different. And Mm -hmm. so explain to me how you talk to them about dealing with racism that they may experience or lessons that you try to teach them. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I, I will say that I try to lead by example. Your mother's black. It doesn't matter that she's famous. We've experienced racism on airplanes. I got arrested one time on a plane because this white flight attendant said to me, it is because of you that the rest of your kind look bad. (gasps) And I literally jumped out of my seat and cornered her. And I was like, when this plane lands, I'm gonna whoop your motherfucking ass, period. Tired of boring workout gear? Check out Viore. Viore's versatile and comfy products are designed to look great in and outside of the gym. Whether you're running, training, or even just weekend lounging, the women's performance jogger is the softest jogger you'll ever own. Grab one of the new colors before they sell out. Jan and my assistant Lauren turned me on to these pants. They're cute and comfy and I get compliments on them every time I step out of the house. They become my go-to pants to put on when I'm working out, doing errands, or even just recording this here podcast. 
Albert, for you, there's the men's core short, the most comfy lined athletic short out there, and the men's Sunday performance jogger, because I know you like to jog. Viore is an investment in your happiness. For our listeners, they're offering 20% off your first purchase. Get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash off camera. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash off camera. I think we can safely say that our listeners have good taste, right guys? Yep. Which is why it's also safe to say they will love Quince. If you haven't tried their affordable luxury, what are you waiting for? Jan, have you ordered the leather puffer jacket I told you about yet? Okay, good girl. Mine is arriving any day now, and I preemptively ordered a second one because I know Lola is going to try to take mine from me. Also, I am loving the Ultraform high-rise pocket legging, which I ordered in a variety of colors. And yes, Albert, they have men's active wear as well, so you can throw away your tunic and get ordering. (laughs) The best part is that all Quince items are 50 to 80% less than similar brands because they partner directly with top factories so they cut out the middleman indulge in affordable luxury go to quince.com slash off camera for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns that's q-u-i-n-c-e.com slash off camera to get free shipping and 365 day returns quince.com slash off camera you know jen i can't stand it when i think i give myself a great blowout and then an hour later i look in the mirror and my hair is frizzy well way's new anti-frizz cream is coming to the rescue it's a lightweight cream that provides immediate frizz control that lasts up to 72 hours jan it's been a game-changing addition to my hair care routine it saves me so much time repairs my split ends prevents heat damage and gives my hair such great hydration and it eliminates the dreaded uh frizz You'll soon be obsessed with all of Way's bestsellers like their leave-in conditioner, this multitasking favorite detangles, hydrates, and fights frizz for all hair types and not to be outdone by their detox shampoo, which cleanses product buildup, hard water deposits, dirt, oil, and impurities. I'm also into their scalp and body scrub. It's like the most luxurious scalp massage you've ever received in a jar. You're too busy to be frizzy. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter promo code off camera for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com promo code off camera. I will say that I, I got arrested one time on a plane because this white flight attendant said to me, it is because of you that the rest of your kind look bad. <gasps> and I literally jumped out of my seat and cornered her. And I was like, when this plane lands, I'm going to whoop your motherfucking ass. Oh, yeah. That's how angry I was. And I was in my 20s, right? Oh, yeah. So it was pre-cell phone. I was so young. And, and actually, I think... I was on Guiding Light at the time. Like I had just started to work. So I was still rough around the edges, which explained why I use that language. And we get off the plane and the FBI is standing there waiting for me. And I'm like, holy shit, I'm going to jail. And I'm like, I need to call my agent. But I was friends with a girlfriend who was close to Johnny Cochran. So I was trying to reach out to Johnny Cochran at the time. Mm -hmm. And I see this really good looking blonde hair, blue eyed, guy come over and is like are you Nia and I'm like yeah he's like come with me I was like and then I start to cry because I'm like oh my god like what are they about to do to me and 
he pulls me to the side. He says, I want you to just sit here, but I want you to do one thing. I don't want you to be afraid. I want you to just sit here and just relax. So now I'm like, okay, they're not going to like kill me. Right, right. And he comes back in the room a few minutes later and he goes, all right, I understand everything that happened and you're not in trouble. Wow. And I'm sending you home and I'm going to teach her the lesson. Wow. Because you did nothing. You did nothing wrong. And I said, yeah, but I, I did verbally threaten her. He goes, yeah, but you're defending yourself. And he sent me home. Wow. And he was the FBI representative for the airlines. And so really what it was is she was a racist white woman. And every time she would come down the aisle to serve, she would never offer me a drink. She would never offer me food. She would never offer me anything. And I was kind of in and out of sleep. So I would I hit the button. She would come and just turn it off real quick and keep moving. So finally I got up and I went to the little area, the where, area they where they serve the food. Yeah. The, the galley. galley. So I, the galley. The galley. Yeah. The galley. So I go over to the galley and I say, um, hi, is it possible to get food? She's like, Well, you slept through the whole thing. And so Anyway, long story short, she treated me like shit because of what I looked like. Mm-hmm. And so what my children have learned is I'm no pushover. I won't start none. Don't start nothing with me. I'm not starting anything with you. I try to move with grace, but if I smell bullshit, I'm calling bullshit. So what it's done besides embarrass my children in certain situations. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it teaches them to defend themselves when they see something that's wrong. You can, in a world, you can croissant into yourself and think, what have I done to bring on this hostility? And I think that right. is learned behavior. And if they see their mother standing up for themselves, then it's not about saying anything threatening because I think it's different yeah. for boys oh. than girls, but it's just Absolutely. about, it's just about calling it out in real time and making yes. that acknowledgement in real time. I think. I, I agree with you 101%. And, and even in certain situations that could be confrontational, choosing to take the time to actually have a conversation so that when you walk away from that situation, the other person has learned something and it doesn't have to always go bad. Yep. Because a lot of times things are misunderstood. And so I, it's a very difficult way to live. But, but the thing that I think makes me a good artist is what you see with me, Kelly, is what you get. There's just no bullshit. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so I'm, I'm learning how to, I don't want to say play the game because I don't think I'll ever be able to do that. But I'm learning how to remove myself when necessary, preserve my energy, and still maintain authenticity. Now, I will tell you, my older son, who's known me the longest, obviously, <laughs> in New York City, right. he's he's doing great. He's he's at NYU. I'm super proud of him. Oh, my God. Um, he should come over for dinner. He should come over. Oh, my God. That would be so cute. My daughter's yeah, graduating he- <laughs> in like a, a matter of days. She's graduating. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. That's Awesome. So he graduates hopefully next year because we took a year off during the pandemic. Right. He was playing baseball. I said, look, take a semester off and just come to New York. So it was the best thing. We actually bonded in a different way because we were all forced to be in the same house. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. It was good. There were the pluses and the minuses. And but so what I'm struggling with as a mom is I feel like I've 
armed him with all the stuff, Mm -hmm. how to be a gentleman, how to treat a woman, how to take care of yourself, how to be assertive, how to be organized, keep your space clean, keep your mind clean. If you're going to go out with your guys, go to your apartment and drink there. Don't be out on the street, Mm -hmm. you know, do it. But I didn't teach him how to stop breastfeeding. I mean, they come back for more than (laughs) five minutes. I'm like, when do I get to stop? This is like the bank. You're going to have to move away in the middle of the night. You're going to have to move away. Listen, our daughter, she's been living with us since she's been home. So from, from February until she graduates, she's been living with us. And it's like living with a newborn. I like, I don't, I'm like, I pick know. up your shit, put this towel in the laundry, put your yeah. dish in the dishwasher. Why, why am uh, I cleaning up after you? This is the biggest fight that I have with yep. my older son. I don't know whose fault it is. Is it my fault? I mean, I listen, we all need help. I we got a lot of work to do, but I just, there's a sense of entitlement. I'm like, dear God. I think there's comfort in the mother. Uh, that's good. I'll take that. That's less stressful. And especially with the boys, like uh, we have two sons and a daughter and our sons are way more attached to me. They are very mm-hmm. attached to me. My mm-hmm. daughter's way more attached to Mark um, mm-hmm. than she is to me. Uh, she tolerates me, but she's very attached to Mark. She Dad, val- she's a daddy's girl. Yeah, she values his opinions and she values what he says. Whereas with me, she's like, we're roommates. I'm like, we Let's are go not- Let's shopping ro-. and get I'm our like, nails done. If you're my roommate, then you have to pay for half of all this shit. <laughs> you know? Yes, yes. Listen, I agree 100%. So tell me about, uh, I want to pivot a little bit. I feel like there is such a gender wage gap in the world. Mm -hmm. You know, women in film, if you look at sort of the history of film, we're always playing number two to the leading man. Not always, but for the most part, if it's a two-hander, the guy's getting main billing. Mm -hmm. It's changed a little over the years. Or there's 17 guys and one woman. Right. But that's usually never a black film. I think for me, and I can only speak to my experience, And what I will say is as much as I love and adore Ice Cube for all the years that we worked together with Are We There Yet and Are We Done Yet, Mm -hmm. no one was going to believe that Ice Cube was a family man if Nia Long wasn't his wife. Right, right. And I can tell you that he made millions and I didn't even make a half a million. Right, right. And so what? So when you go in with your agents, I don't know how it works in the film industry, so forgive my ignorance. I know just how it works mm. in the TV industry. But it's like when I go in to negotiate, it is like a dogfight. It's a dogfight. Mm-hmm. It's a dogfight. And I've never seen Mark have a dogfight of a negotiation in his life. And Well, you know what's interesting, Kelly, is – I am just now feeling okay to actually enter the dog fight. Back then, I was like, oh my God, I'm working. I'm making 20% more than what I made on my last film. Yeah. And I don't want to, I don't want people to think I'm difficult. Yes. Yeah. And so, so when you talk about like, what have we all learned? What do you learn by the time you're 50? You learn your worth. That's for one thing. Yeah. You understand your worth and your value. And, and I'm not, 
puffing my chest out to say any, because it's not a slight against Cube, because that's the way the system was designed. Right. But I do admire the men who will say, no, you need to pay her. Mm-hmm. And Martin Lawrence did that for me when we did um, Big Mama's House. No kidding. Yeah. He said, just hold your ground. I got your back. That's amazing. Jamie Foxx did it for me because these men have had the same experiences that I have. So when they see me, they see their sisters, they see their mothers, you know, and now I just don't care. I just ask for what I want Mm -hmm. and I don't apologize. I, I will say it really is like the age of 50 because I realized that when I was not negotiating in good faith for myself because I didn't want to be perceived as difficult or as not loyal or not a diligent worker. And when I did things that way, like, oh, that's good. I don't want to make waves. I don't want to make waves. Yeah. Whatever. You know, I was called difficult anyway. That's my middle name, Nia Difficult Ass Long. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, well, fuck it. If I'm going to be labeled difficult, I might as well get the value aspect of myself out of this. And that's exactly right. You know, I have never had a problem speaking up on the things that don't resonate as truthful to me because anything that I speak on or anything that I push back on is never just about me. It's about the we. It's about, I'm so sorry. I need more light on my face. Mm -hmm. You don't see that right there. Let me show you why I need more light. Let me show you why the makeup isn't good. Let me show you why this wig isn't going to work. Mm-hmm. Let me show you. I have the same discussions all the time. Yes. This isn't about black or white. This is about the quality of the work that we are presenting to you. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry if you want to call me difficult because I care and I see every little thing, then I'll take that. But what you won't ever catch me is looking crazy on camera unless you showed this right. (laughs) (laughs) You still look good. I'm sticking to it. You look amazing. I got that blanket. (laughs) (laughs) No, but it is very hard to know that when you speak up for yourself or demand your worth, that you could potentially and will be potentially labeled difficult and entitled or too outspoken or too opinionated. And all of Of the same language that when attached to men has this celebratory quality to it. You know, you're strong, you're strong, he's ambitious, he knows what he wants, he knows how to get the job done. All of that stuff that somehow taints us as women. But the thing that I also always remind myself is that when you start to hear rumors about other people that you admire, oh, she's difficult. I remember hearing it about other actresses Mm -hmm. or, you know, she's a handful. I'm thinking to myself, but I love her. Yeah. I love what she stands for. I love that she's outspoken. I love that she doesn't allow you to push your agenda on her. So to me, it's sort of a compliment because that means I'm being heard. Right. That means somebody is actually going, she's challenging us to do better. Paying attention. My name means purpose, one of the seven days of Kwanzaa. And and the real meaning of my name is to gather the collective greatness, to uplift the community and, and and to represent who we are in the world in a better way and in a better space. And so obviously I'm not thinking about all that from day to day, but it is a reminder that you're cognizant of your power. Yes. Right. That's right. 
And I'm also not willing to sit back and not say something when something is not right. This segment is sponsored by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. On LinkedIn, you can find professionals you can't find anywhere else. 65 million job seekers visit LinkedIn Jobs every week. And with LinkedIn's deep candidate insights and easy-to-use hiring tools, you can match with a qualified candidate that you can feel confident about. 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. So this is so crazy that we're doing this because Glenn's actually using LinkedIn right now. Is it is this his first time using it or has he used it before? Well, he's like used it before for like freelance hiring, but he says that like recruiting skilled employees can be like such a headache, especially because you don't have like the time or the budget. And he's a small, you know, company and he's starting to hire now. And he said working with professional recruiters can be just a drain on his account. So he says that he loves that you can leverage the networks that he's using with other employees and he can see where there's been professional connections. So like you see, oh, he's worked with these five other people and then he can reach out to his friends and be like, oh, you worked with so-and-so, what did you think? So it narrows his search down for him in a way. Like he doesn't have to do all the heavy lifting. Absolutely, it's amazing. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash off camera. That's linkedin.com slash off camera to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. I'm going to tell you this quick story. I'm going to tell you this quick story. I was on a project once upon a time in my career, and I was working with this amazing British actor. And I was getting into a debate with someone on set about how Black people do certain things in this particular situation and what we would actually do versus what we were required to do. In the the project. In the project. Mm -hmm. And and one of the producers came to my trailer and I said, you know, it shouldn't be this difficult. You have us here because we're representing people that look like us. And in so many words, um, what was said to me was, I'm going to get in so much trouble for talking about this, but I don't give a fuck. The, the person said to me, well, what does he know about being a Black American? He's British. And I looked at her and I said, well, if you didn't think he could do the job, why is he here? Ooh. And she just zipped her lips and then expected me not to say anything. Mm-hmm. And I, Kelly, I couldn't. Hold it. I held a town hall meeting in my trailer. <laughs> and by the end of the day, both of us walked off the set. Wow. We wow. both left. Because for me, it, it wasn't about the disagreement on set. It became a bigger thing. It was about don't ever try to stand in between me and another Black person for your agenda. Mm-hmm. I was so 
proud of myself because I've never done anything like that, even if I wanted to. And it, it just was such passive racism in the midst of a creative process. Like that's racist. You're saying that because this person is not from America, that he doesn't know about the black experience. Racism is everywhere. What are we talking about here? Right. And how dare you think that I'm so happy to be here and be your puppet that I'm not going to have my co-stars back because at the end of the day, everything rides on he and I. Yeah, right. I'm proud of you. That's amazing. It's very, it's very brave. It's so brave. It's so brave. <laughs> what did your agent say? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love my agent. And you know, I got to say, everybody on both of our teams supported us. And I love my attorney. I love my my agent. And, you know, at a certain point, you just have to service yourself and you got to walk away having peace of mind. And the other thing was, you know, it's hard being away from your kids when you have to work. Yep. If something is causing me stress and I'm away from my baby, mm-hmm. it's not worth the therapy that I'm going to have to pay to fix what y'all done tried, you know, what you just broke. Yep. I mean, I'm joking partially. No, but when I, I no, say but that. I totally understand that. I've based an entire career on the fact that I've never had to leave my kids or leave. uproot my kids or, you know, anything know. like that. So it's like that to me was the appeal of staying in at one place for you know for twenty plus years was like I could That's really right. stay. I could be present and be a mom and be a yeah. mom and be present in their lives. It's, it's I struggle with that. It's guilt. I have a lot of guilt. Sometimes. No, but that. you can't uh, you can't have guilt because they sniff it out. They sniff out guilt. You oh know? my god! And they play into it. They play into it. You can't even acknowledge. <laughs> the guilt. The guilt. <laughs> like, I'm I'm now whispering into the mic, just in case they're listening somehow. <laughs> well, you know what the Never. you know what the funny thing is is so I've been going on a couple dates, and the funniest thing is my little who's eleven. If I'm like on my phone giggling, he's like, "Who's that?" And I'm like. It's an Instagram post that I'm laughing at. Right, right. He's like so up my butt with who I'm dealing you know, with. Because he has a, he has a sense. You know, there's this book, Nia. It's called How to Hug a Porcupine. It's about 11 year olds specifically. Oh, I'm going to get it. Children at 11 years old are like porcupines, and they are prickly, <laughs> and they need to know everything, and they're in your shit, and they're like, and you try to and hug they them, and they talking. Co- and they coil you, and you're like, what is happening? I'm in charge here, <laughs> but you should read the book. It's very good. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I just wanted to say thank you. This has been like uh, a great conversation. I love you. I adore you. I do think we're related. We were probably. We were in the womb together, and then somehow we got separated. Well, my dad was pretty promiscuous, so I, <laughs> oh, really? I have a sister that's eleven days younger than me that I met in my Spanish class in high school. <gasps> what did you know about her? I knew. knew about her, but I mean, it was like my mother would mention it, like you have a sister. I don't know where she is, uh-huh. but we both ended up in LA, and then years later we met because we were in the same. Spanish class. Unbelievable. And do you like her? Do you have a relationship with her? You know, I think it's always difficult when you've been raised by two different women and time and space has separated you. Yeah. I love, but my, my father has two, two daughters. One is the comedian Samore. Yeah. Oh, no kidding. Funny as shit. Yeah. That's my sister. And then 
DJ is my other sister. Our dad passed the day after Kobe Bryant during COVID. And the one beautiful thing that came out of that moment is we were all at my dad's bedside when he passed away. And I think that's all he ever wanted was to see us all come together. Wow. And look, there's mutual respect. Yeah. I love genetics. I'm very fascinated by genetics. So um, I want to do that show with uh, Oh, Finding Your Roots. Yes. With Henry Louis Gates. Yes. You have to do that. We're making that happen. Yes, that's happening. Somebody is cock blocking me. No, we're blocking me. They don't. We are going to. We are going to unblock the cock, and we are going to get you on that show. We know somebody over there. They've asked me. Oh my god! They've literally asked me to do it, and I was like, both sides of my family are from different parts of Italy. Like, unless there's some hidden weird on my great great grandfather who is Irish, like. I know how far back it goes. It's okay, so do you want to know something? My yeah. great grandfather was Irish. You guys, <gasps> we are related. That this is, the, is we are related. I, uh, we are related. I'm telling you. Look at the dimple. Look at the dimple. Same shape. Face, what are we gonna same do? Little eyes. What are we gonna Both do funny. when we find out that we are related? <laughs> Amazing. Oh, thank you so much. We are letting you go now. You're the best. Bye, Bye. everybody. Thank you. Everybody, that was dazzling. Dazzling. You've always said she's dazzling. You've always used that word for her. Dazzling is the word I use for her because she is, in fact, dazzling. There is nothing. It's like maybe I want to be her sister because then (laughs) I would be dazzling too. But I do think that there is some similarities between us that I have noticed since back in the soap opera days. And I was like, we look alike. (laughs) Like, I know it sounds crazy, but I swear we look alike. The dimple, it's the teeth, it's the shape of of our face, shape of our eyes. We have to get to one of our questions because we we promised everybody we'd answer a question. Okay. Let's hear. It's time for Ask Kelly. Amazing. Amazing. Let's ask let's ask me. From Julie. Julie. As a parent of adult children, looking back, what things would you do differently and what things would you like to tell your younger mom self not to worry about? Oh my gosh. That's a good question, Julie. Um, I think I would definitely give my kids more freedom in the earlier years. I sort of raised my kids, like my mom raised me to believe that every car was a potential kidnapper lurking. And so I think it probably filled them with anxiety when they were young. Um, I didn't tell them, oh, every car is a kidnapper, but I kept them close and I made sure that I was very present or that an adult, like if I had to work, I made sure a babysitter was present for any time they were not with me. So I think in a lot of ways, I over-supervised them in their early years. And then what, what would I tell my young self not to worry? Your younger mom self yeah. not to worry about. Don't worry about school test scores because it's really all that's designed to do is make the parents have anxiety, which then in turn makes the kids have anxiety. Um, Don't guilt yourself to death because am I enough enough is something that your kids pick up on. They love you no matter what. So you just have to know that you should pace yourself on the guilt because it's a wasted emotion and it doesn't solve anything. And, you know, 
just make sure you set a good blueprint for them. Awesome. Okay, more questions next time. That was it? Yes. Only one question? Only one question. My we're gonna gosh. Do, we're going to do a show with a lot of questions soon. We are? Yes. Okay, because I feel like we just drip, drip, drip out these questions. <laughs> My gosh. Remember, uh, remember, listeners, don't forget to tell your friends to follow. Let's talk off camera. Can't wait to talk off camera next week. Bye. Woo! Let's Talk Off Camera with Kelly Ripa is a co-production of Melojo Productions and PRX Productions with help from Goat Rodeo. Our theme song is Follow Me from APM Music. From Melojo, our team is Kelly Ripa, Mark Consuelos, Albert Bianchini, Jan Chalet, Devin Schneider, Michael Halpern, Jacob Small, Roz Therian, Seth Gronquist, and Nick Ribola. From PRX Productions, our team is... Kara Schillen, Genevieve Sponsler, Megan Nadolsky, Edwin Ochoa, Rebecca Seidel. Additional sound design by Terrence Bernardo. The executive producer of PRX Productions is Jocelyn Gonzalez. This show is powered by Stitcher. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10 piece Wick Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba da ba ba ba. Go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last.